Blog Talk Radio. All right. Well, let's get our songbook out. Let's take out our American, all-American hymnal and let's sing. Let's stand together and sing. We're going to turn to number one in the hymn book. Number one, all hail the power of Jesus' name. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. He chosen seed of Israel, great he ransomed from the situation. It may be lifting him up in prayer and that whole family have been through so much. They need to remember and I know we will, Tammy and the whole family and Haley and what she's going through with the pregnancy is just so many things that they have endured with the loss of his brother and then him and just so many people are hurting. And uh we just pray for God's mercy and grace to be abundant in every one of those situations. Uh, I know you're gonna mention your sister more than likely Yes. He's not in good shape either. <clears throat> also, I want to, I, I don't know the man personally, but he was a Facebook friend of mine. Pastor Rob, Rod Drake over in Arlington, Texas, uh, he, he passed away last night from COVID pneumonia. Pray for his church. 
and his wife and family. Um, also, I've got another dear friend I've had for about the last 12 years, uh, John David Howe. He's up in Virginia. And uh, his son, who I think I'm, I'm trying to remember if he has MS or what. He's, he's bound a wheelchair, but but uh, he's he's in bad shape. He's got COVID pneumonia. He's got sepsis of the blood. Um, they're talking about put, doing a, tra- a tracheostomy, I think what they called it. And um, anyway, bless their hearts. They've been through so much. To- too, too many people these days are dealing with this stuff. Are there any? Yes. Yes, they lost their pastor. Mm-hmm. Mark Simmons is his name. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter-in-law has COVID pneumonia as well. Yes, cold. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're lifting you up in prayer, too. Amen. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anything else? we got so many. I, I think it's probably too many things to mention, honestly. But, God, you know, we have a God who knows, and God knows our heart. He knows the cry of our heart before we ever open our mouth. And if we just – we all in agreement on all these folks in our lives, uh, and we just bind together in prayer, and we'll lift them up to the Lord and ask him to meet with every, every need, every detail. You know, and we don't understand everything that's going on we don't understand the why and we don't have to understand the why because we have limited vision down here the bible does so we see through a glass darkly we can't understand the ways that god would would move in this world but we know that he's he's always right even though we don't understand we can't see how it'll work out for his glory in the long run and that's what's really important and so let's let's lift up folks who are hurting ask for their comfort and let's pray for our own comfort. I know you need it. I need it. Our hearts are hurting. And uh, and so we, we do. We pray for each and every one. And I'll wait. I'll wait. Y'all come in. Y'all probably got some prayer requests, too. So I'll give y'all a chance. Have you got in this morning, Donnie, prayer requests? Your dad, I know, he's still he's still dealing with it. Any, anybody else that you need to lift up in prayer this morning? This is Harry. Okay. Spiritual needs are really kind Really kind of over here. Some days it's like working, some days it's right. And we're gonna lift up Erica in prayer too. That's what she went through this week. Yes, Cole. Yes. Right, absolutely. Our country's in, in dire dire trouble. All right. Well let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us and Robert. Oh yes, absolutely. We don't want to forget Miss Bonnie. I, Absolutely not, and, and Brother Grant, uh, Lord have mercy. It's just so many people. It's like my mind's flooded. I know I need to lift them up in prayer, and we are praying for them. But Miss Bonnie, she she said she seemed to turn the corner a little bit here the other day, and, and praise God for that. And Grant, he said yes. I talked to Grant on the phone yesterday, and he sounded good. He told me he said he was, he said he really wasn't suffering any COVID symptoms. He didn't really notice any of that, but he's he's having a lot of pain. So pray that God gives him relief. And uh, gives her wellness. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, lead us.
And like the prophet, my pillow was stone. And though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow. And someday yonder we will never more wander but walk on streets that are pure as gold. Don't make me poor Deserted or lonely, I'm not discouraged, I'm heaven bound, I'm just a pilgrim in search of a city, I want a mansion, a harp and a crown, I've got a mansion. Just over the hilltop In that bright land Where we'll never grow And someday yonder We'll never more wander But walk on streets That are pure as gold Amen Amen. Praise God. Number 97. Number 97. I am bound for the promised land. 97. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and Go with me, I am bound for the promised land. All o'er those wide extended plains shines one eternal day. There God the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. No chilling wind nor poisonous breath can reach that healthful shore. Sickness and sorrow, pain and death are felt and feared no more. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. 
promised land. When shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my Father's place and in His bosom rest? I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. Amen. Sweet home of the happy. 
sweet chords from their gold harps are ringing. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the told some of you this morning when I came in that I I wanted to continue on in our study in Acts. I, I turned to that chapter. I studied the passage backwards and forwards, and I know there's a message there, but God didn't let me go there. God knew we needed something a little bit different this morning. God knew we needed something to minister to our hearts. And so this morning we're going to look at heaven. I just feel like we need that comfort this morning. And you pray for me that uh, God will use the message to comfort my heart as well because my heart certainly needs comfort too. We just, we're dealing with so much. Uh, so many people are sick, uh, lost so many already. I know that, uh, you know, just here in our church, I mean, we lost Brother Tony, but but there's, there's extended family. And a lot of people have lost loved ones and, and or they got very sick loved ones and and, you know, while we grieve down here, we need to realize what they've gone on to. And when we begin to look at where they've gone to, and we begin to look at what they're experiencing now, and we understand that it's real, it's not make-believe, it's not a fairy tale to, to uh, placate us and keep us happy. No, we're talking about something real. Heaven is a real place. Amen? A real place. And we're going to turn in our Bible one verse of Scripture this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, if you'll turn there with me. And pray that God gives me mercy and grace to preach this morning. I need it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. All right. One verse of Scripture. It says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, best we know how we come before you this morning. We ask for your presence and your power. Lord, I know that I need you, Lord, more than I need to breathe, more than I need my heart to beat. I need your presence. Lord God, I can't do a thing without you. I'd be helpless up here without you, Lord. Without, I need you, Father. Fill me, Lord. Fill my, my life. Fill my body. Fill my heart, my life, my mind. My, take control of my body. Use me as an instrument in your hand this morning to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. Lord God, help us, Lord. Comfort us this morning with the Word of God. Give us what we need, Father. Peace in our hearts. Comfort us as and, and Lord, teach us to trust and to walk, knowing that the end of the road is not is is not death, Lord. The end of the road is heaven, Lord. It's just the door we must pass through. Lord, help us to teach us not to fear it. Teach us, Lord, to realize that it's the gate to heaven. Lord God, we just pray that 
we'll look beyond this old world this morning. Give us a glimpse, Lord, in the glory. Give us a glimpse beyond the pale, Father. Help us to see, Lord, beyond this old world, beyond, Lord, beyond this old wicked, nasty world we live in. Help us to see over, over heaven's walls into the glory today by the word of God. We'll just give you glory. We'll give you praise for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have not seen nor ear heard. Nobody's ever seen anything that compares with heaven, ever. I've seen some beautiful things on this world and this earth. I've seen I've seen the painted desert. I've seen, you know, the, the great redwood forest. I've seen pictures. I've never been there, but I've seen the great redwood forest. I was in the Smoky Mountains this year and looking out at, at the mountainsides and the beauty of, of God's creation. I've been to the beaches. I've seen all that. I've seen the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets. I've seen more sunsets and sunsets and rises, I'll tell you that. But but I, I have seen a bunch of them. And and God's beauty is magnificent. When the sky in the west begins to, to fade and the, the orange comes up from the earth and meets the turquoise in the sky and the, and the clouds are, are on fire, there's nothing more beautiful, but it doesn't compare to heaven. The Bible said, Ear hath not heard, nor ear heard. I've heard the most beautiful music. I've heard it, uh, you know, it's just sometimes in music. I can remember being in church services where we had a whole full orchestra down in, in, on the floor in front of the pulpit, and I mean like a 20-something piece orchestra or, or more than that perhaps, and, and, and there will be some songs that will be sung where you just feel like the roof was going to blow off and heaven was going to open up and you just get taken right up right then. It was so, it was so wonderful, but I'm going to tell you, we've never heard anything like they're hearing in heaven this morning. The Bible says, neither hath entered into the heart of man. Now, I know some of us have pretty wild imaginations. I've always had a pretty wild imagination. I can think up some pretty interesting stuff, but I can tell you this. As hard as I try to focus on eternity, I can't do it, and you can't either. I remember being a little boy and trying to think how long forever was, and it was it was like trying to, trying to, catch something that was constantly running away from you. You try to latch on to it. Well, go live forever, and you think about forever, and it's like I can't get to the end of it. I can't catch it. I, I, it's, it, it escapes me because it's, there's no end. And the fact that nothing there will ever tarnish, nothing there will ever lose its value, nothing there will ever reduce its joyfulness, it's a perfect place. Neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God's telling me here in the scripture that there's a lot that I cannot know about heaven. And instead of wondering this morning about things that I couldn't possibly know, let's do ourselves a favor and let's focus on and examine what we do know, what the Bible tells us about heaven. So let's look at that this morning. God will give us God will give us. Uh, insight into it as we study. First of all, I want to say to you that there are windows in heaven. There are windows in heaven. The windows are always spoken of as being open. God doesn't close his windows. Amen? They're always open because God is pouring out blessings from the windows of heaven. They're poured out sometimes. Sometimes blessings are poured out. Malachi 3.10 tells us, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God is saying if we will give to his work, if we are not, and it's not just your, your financial giving, but give of you. Give of yourself to God's work. Be a, be a giver, not a taker. Be a giver. God has given you so much. Take what he's given you and share it. God, prom- I promise you, God won't cut your water off. God won't say, no, you've given up. You gave what I gave you. You don't have any more. No, God will always keep filling you. We're, we're just vessels. That's what the Bible tells us. We're just vessels. We're God's vessels. And we fill vessels, and we pour out of those vessels, and we refill those vessels. I, I've, got a, I've got a little little measuring thing, and I keep under my little, my little water filter, and, and it's there. Its purpose is to fill up and to pour another thing. That's what God wants to do with you. That's what God wants to do with me. God pours out those blessings to us so that we're able to share them with others. But that's not all God pours out those windows of heaven. Sometimes he pours curses out those windows. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 24 and verse 18, it says, And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare, for the windows from on high are open. And the foundations of the earth do shake. I want to tell you something. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that my name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm thankful that I'm a child of God, and I know that I know that I know that I know that my that my name's there, and someday I'll be there as well. I thank God that I don't have to worry about the curse of God being poured out on me because Jesus took all the curse that was against me away when He died for my sins, and I received His his salvation. But God tells us that there are windows. Not only are there windows, but guess what else there is? There's a door. There's a door in heaven. John tells us about it in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, John is, is, is to understand where that is in eschatology or end-time things. I mean, that comes right after the last word spoken to the church and right before all the things break loose on earth. And John's saying, there's a door open. And God said, come on up here. That picture's the rapture of the church, in my understanding. But there's that door, amen? But the first thing, the first thing that he saw was the throne. The first thing he saw was a throne. And it's God's throne. And he was sitting on his throne. It's there in verse 2, chapter 4. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat upon that throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now, I I, I try to picture that in my mind, and it's hard for me to picture that in my mind, but essentially what it's saying is God sits upon that throne, and it said, again, it says, to look upon him was like a jasper and a sardine stone. 
God has a has a brilliant glow or shine about him. God God is beaming his glory. And the Bible says around his throne there was a, a round rainbow that went all the way around the throne. We were coming from Paris yesterday evening about, oh, I don't know, about 5 o'clock. And there was the most beautiful rainbow looking back over toward Clarksville, stretched almost all the way across the sky, one of the biggest I've ever seen. <clears throat> I tell you, we're going to see a mighty, mighty interesting rainbow when we get to heaven. But, you know, the Bible says that rainbow, it's not, it's not, it's not seven colors. It's one. It's emerald. I don't understand that, but I don't have to understand that. I just know there's beauty that we can't even compare to. There's no, there's no way, again, our, our imagination can't even receive or understand the things of God when, when it comes to heaven because it's, it's beyond our, anything we've ever imagined or saw. It's hard for our finite mind to grasp infinite things. To imagine the beauty and the radiance of God Almighty setting high and lofty upon his throne. And my mind can't grasp that. But God tells me it's, it's so. And God tells me that's the way it is. I mean, compared to God, compared to God's beauty, compared to God's uh, radiance, a diamond that we hold here on earth, that's like dirt in heaven to compare. There's no way for us to compare anything we've ever seen here on earth to the beauty and majesty of God. And it it, and it it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. But, you know, we should rejoice in knowing that Brother Tony is there and he's seen all the things we're talking about this morning. It ought to comfort our hearts, even though we miss him, and we will miss him greatly. But it sure does my heart good to know where he is. Amen. Psalm 11, verse 4. The Bible said the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Like we said, there's a sparkling emerald rainbow around behind the throne. The Bible tells us that there are 24 elders clothed with glistening white garments and pure gold crowns on their head. They're seated upon the 24 seats. The Bible tells us that thunder and lightning were proceeding out from the throne and that voices could be heard. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. The tree of life is there. By the way, it's the same tree of life that was in the garden for Adam and Eve. After the fall of man, an angel was posted at the gate with a revolving sword to keep them away from this tree, lest they ate of it and live forever in their fallen state. But that tree's in heaven. The Bible talks about it being there, and it says that on this tree there grows 12 different kinds of fruit each month, and that their leaves are for the healing of the nations. The Bible also tells us that the beautiful river of life flowing out from under the throne, pure water of life, freely accessible. The Bible tells us that the streets there are made of pure, transparent gold. That's hard for my mind to comprehend, too. The thing that we people spend so much money for down here is just rocks and pea gravel to God. But the reason I guess the gold's transparent is because in heaven there are no impurities. 
In heaven, there are no, there is no dross. There is no slag. There is nothing to throw away. Everything is absolutely, perfectly pure there. As John continued to look at it, he, he saw 12 gates of pearl. Three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, and three on the west. Twelve angels stood at those twelve gates. In heaven, the great host of angels will be busy serving God and carrying out his every desire. You know, all those things are amazing, and all those things are incredible, and all those things are exciting to hear about. But i I just be honest with you. Those things are not going to make heaven heaven for me. What will make heaven heaven for me is my Lord Jesus. Getting to be there forever in eternity with the one who loved me enough to pay my sin debt. To love him. To tell him. To, 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 to bow before him. To worship him. To, to, to shout for joy. To, 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 to praise him for all eternity. For taking my, my deadly, destructive, black, horrible sins and paying the debt paying it completely so that it was paid in full and he could say to Telestai, it is finished. Coming up out of the grave, signifying that the debt was paid, God was satisfied, his wrath was satisfied, and it was settled forevermore. I tell you, I'm thankful for what will be in heaven. But as much as I'm thankful for what will be in heaven, I'm thankful for what won't be in heaven. There won't be any tears in heaven. I think about that sometimes. I think, well, what about when we get there and we see all those loved ones that we hadn't seen in so long? Won't we shed tears then? God says no. No, we'll be rejoicing. Too good of a shouting, good time seeing one another and, and realizing that we're we're there forevermore. And we'll never go back to pain and sorrow. All those things are gone. Thank God there'll be no death there. We'll never have to sit through another funeral. We'll never have to stand around another graveside. We'll never have to weep and mourn over the loss of a loved one. There'll be no sorrow in heaven. Nobody will be sad. There won't be any cheering anybody up because everybody will be cheered up to the maximum all the time. Amen? Nobody will ever have a bad day. Praise God, you won't have to walk on eggshells around nobody. Amen? Isn't that good? You don't ever have to worry about, whoo, they're in a bad mood. i got to kind of be easier. No, it'll never be like that. Everybody will be full of joy, full of the joy, full of the light, full of the love of the Lord who's right there before them. There won't be any crying. So my soul, I, I wept so much yesterday and in the days before. I won't be doing that anymore. Won't be any pain, not another hurt, not another slight shadow of a hurt. Amen? So many people deal with pain day in and day out. And they deal not only with the, with the pain of this life, but also the emotional pain of this life, the heartache that comes with this life. But there'll be no more pain in heaven. Amen. God will deliver us from all of that. There won't be any night in heaven. You can't have night where the sun doesn't go down. And I say the sun, the S-O-N. There won't be a S-U-N sun. There'll be the Son of God. He is the light. And his light never dims. Heaven will be a glorious place. We won't ever get tired. We won't ever want to lay down and take a nap. 
I, I wonder, will there be a rocking chair in heaven? I don't know. I, I mean, I think we might like to sit and just rock, but I don't think it'd be because we're tired. Amen. Praise God. I think we might just want to sit and look over the rolling hills of heaven. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be like. Again, there's no way for me to say because I don't know. But I know this: it'll be better. It'll be better than sitting out in front of Cracker Barrel. I can guarantee you that. Amen. It's gonna be a. Amen. It'll be a. It'll be a, a wonderful place. You won't ever get bored in heaven. Never get bored. Amen. It won't be any more curse. Amen. No more troubles. In this life, you know, Murphy's Law, anything can go wrong, will go wrong. Amen. I deal with that all the time. Seems like any time I get ready to do something, something breaks or something ain't there. It's always a problem. But you know what? We get to heaven, everything will be perfect. Amen. We get there, there'll be no more problems. There'll be no more issues to work out. Now, one I ain't never had to deal too much with, but there won't be any hunger. Amen. There won't be any hunger. Now, I'm telling you right now, you look at me, you can tell I don't I don't suffer from hunger. I suffer from appetite, but I don't suffer from hunger. Amen. Appetite, you don't realize appetite and hunger are two different things. You might tummy might rumble a little bit and you say, Man, I'm hungry. That ain't hunger, that's appetite. Amen. You go two or three days, you'll find out what hunger really is. But we won't have to hunger. You know, I look at all these I look at all these people around the world that are starving and they ain't got any food and these little bitty babies with their distended bellies and it just breaks my heart. And I think to myself, poor little, them poor little babies, but you got to understand, most of those poor little babies, they ain't never going to reach the age of accountability. They're going straight to the Lord's hands. Praise God, all those who suffer from malnutrition and died in their youth like that, praise God, they get to heaven, they won't ever, they won't ever hunger again. They won't ever know what it feels like to know and pain of hunger. Praise God, they'll always be satisfied in God's presence. There won't be any thirst. I know what thirst is like. I've worked hot jobs in the summertime, and I know what it's like when your tongue cleaves to the roof of your mouth and you think, I, there's no way I'm going to make it if I don't get a drink. Praise God, we'll never be thirsty there because, listen, we'll be there in the very presence of the water of life. We'll never thirst again. There'll be no bills to pay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's a hundred of other things, hundreds of other things that have plagued us down here on earth that we won't ever have to deal with again. You know, we were going to talk about Stephen, the deacon, this morning, but we're going to wait till next week on that. But Stephen, he was privileged. He got to look in on heaven. As Stephen was dying, as they were throwing the rocks and hurling them at his body and they were hitting him and knocking him uh, side to side as he was trying to stay on his feet and bleeding. And, and But he, in the middle of all that, he spoke of seeing Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And, you know, before he could tell everybody what he saw, God called him home. That always impressed me, that verse of Scripture. He said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Son of God. Now, you know the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us where Jesus is. He's at the right hand of God, but it doesn't say he's standing. It says he's seated. Amen? I'm going to tell you what I find in that story of Stephen, and I know I'm, I'm blowing next week's sermon a little bit, but what I find in that is this. I find, I find that Stephen... He pleased God because he loved God and he and he stood for God and he and he, he defended the faith and he honored the Lord Jesus and he preached salvation 
And he didn't care that everybody in the world hated him for it. He just kept on preaching because this world was not his home. And he knew where he was going, and he didn't fear death. He didn't fear what man could do to him because he knew what, what God had done for him. And so there was no fear in him. And so he proclaimed the word of God boldly. And he said, I see Jesus. Why was Jesus standing? I believe Jesus was cheering for Stephen. Amen? Because he saw Stephen doing exactly as he had done. He heard Stephen say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, just as he said from the cross. And Jesus stood up off the throne to cheer for Stephen and welcome him home. Hallelujah. What a Savior we serve. You say, well, he did it for me. Well, I believe he will. I believe he will. He loves you. Stephen wasn't no, no better of a human being than any of us. Amen. Only thing different may have been that his love for God was, was a little bit more red hot than ours is. But he was just flesh and blood like us. Paul the Apostle got a glimpse of heaven on the Damascus Road. The vision was so bright in the contrast to his sin that it blinded him. It was so bright. Later on when he spoke to King Agrippa, he said, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So he saw, he saw before he lost his he lost his sight. He saw into heaven. Later, Paul tells of an experience of ascending up to the third heaven. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, 2 and verse 4, he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, such a one caught up into the third heaven, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. It wasn't that he heard things that were bad, but he heard things that God said, don't go tell them, my word, they have my word, amen? What God revealed to Paul, he revealed to Paul, he didn't reveal it to all of us. God's saying, they've got my word, Paul, I've showed you something that they didn't see. Enoch and Elijah were taken up into heaven. They saw the scene of heaven, they saw the glory of heaven, but they never returned to explain about it. You remember Moses, when he went up on the Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. He got a glimpse into heaven. He saw the glory of God. You remember when he came back down? They had to put a veil over his face. His face was shining so brightly from having been in the presence of God that they couldn't even bear to look on him. They had to put a veil over him. It's going to be amazing when we get there and we see it for ourselves. I'm so glad I'm saved, folks. I'm so glad I'm a child of God. I'm so glad I don't worry when I lay my head on my pillow where I'm going if I die and I don't wake up. I'm thankful that I know that I have a home in heaven. We're told in 2 Corinthians 5.1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This old body is just getting older and older and older, and, and, and it doesn't skin don't have the elasticity it used to the hair loses its color we begin to droop we begin to fade our strength begins to fade our mind begins to fade but oh someday it'll all be new again 
It'll all be new again. Hallelujah. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. God looks down from the heavens and he sees. The Bible says in Psalm 14, too, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. God's not up in heaven all just, just doing his own thing and ignoring us down here. He's watching carefully everything that goes on. God is God is um, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at the same time. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, the writer of Hebrews, he could be indicating that there's great multitudes of spectators in heaven watching us in this life. Now, I know some people think maybe it's something else, but I can't help but think that that's our loved ones cheering us on because it talks about running that race in chapter 11 at the end of it. It talks about it talks about they ran theirs, but they without us should not. I can't. I'm trying to remember the wording on it. I'll, I'll, I'll turn over there so I don't get it wrong. It says it said in verse 40 of chapter 11, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Those who have gone on before, it's not finished. It's not complete. We're still running the race down here. Is what God's saying. They've already made their lap and they've finished. But we're still running. It's not complete until the, uh, everybody's race is run. And so now God says their race is running, and we're, 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 we're compassed about or surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I personally believe, based on what the Word of God says, that our loved ones who have gone on before, all the saints of all the ages, can, can, can look down upon earth and cheer for those who are still running their race. Now, do they see all the tragedy in our lives? I don't know that they do. I don't know that uh, if, if there's no sin, there's no, there's nothing wrong and, uh, or imperfect in heaven. I don't believe they can see down here and see all the wickedness and sin, but I believe they look down upon us and they, they cheer for us. You know, we try to imagine all these things. Again, we see through a glass darkly. And there's plenty of artists that try to paint heavenly visions and all kinds of things and Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel ceiling and all those things but again I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the hearts of man now I got to give you five points in about ten minutes so hold on all that was introduction don't let it scare you it won't take long I want to give you five things heaven will involve five things that heaven will have number one pay attention to me now Number one, first thing is review. Heaven will have a review. The first thing on the schedule after getting to heaven is the judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians 5.10, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I tell you, I was so blessed yesterday when the young lady got up. Was that his niece? that spoke, when she got up and spoke, and at the very end, she told of Tony leading her to salvation. That blessed my heart so much, more than anything else that I've heard, was that he was a soul winner. 
that he cared about people being saved. And I'm going to tell you something, knowing that, that gives me joy when I read about the fact that Tony stood before the judgment seat of Christ, and he had, and he had works. He had works to show. Amen. Everybody there said, what a good man, what a good man. And like I stressed in that funeral sermon, he was a good man because he had Jesus in him. Jesus was the light that lived in Tony Stringer. And that's what people learned, and that's what people saw, and that's what people felt when they got in his presence. They ought to feel that when they get in our presence. They ought to feel Jesus around us. They ought to feel, they ought to feel uh, convicted over sin because they know that we live a life that we want it to be pleasing unto the Lord. Our lives should matter. Our lives should count. 1 Corinthians three eleven through 15, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation... Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. He gives two different kinds, things that are things that are, are, are lasting and things that don't. And he says, every man's work shall be made manifest. It will all be laid bare. The day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And that's the fire of God. And that fire shall try every man's work with what sort it is. Righteousness will try our works. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. Let me put that in the quickest synopsis I can. I, again, I thank God because I believe with all my heart when Tony got there, he had reward waiting on him. But there are people who die who, who, who may have trusted Christ, but they just wasted their whole Christian life on themselves. And they stand before the Lord someday and they realize that they wasted it all and there's nothing to show. And they stand there with empty hands because all their works were made, were, were made to glorify themselves or to benefit themselves. And there was no work done to help others in Christ's name. And all of a sudden all their works are gone. They stand there before the Lord Jesus with nothing to show for the everlasting life that he gave them and left them down here to serve him with. Nothing to show for it. But the Bible says, but they shall be saved. Even so by fire. The trial the trial that they go through, standing before the Lord, they may get out with nothing but their salvation. But yet God won't ever take that away. He said they shall he he said they shall they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Every man's work be tested by fire to see what sort it is. And sincere dedication to Jesus Christ is all that'll pay off in that day. I said, number one, there'll be review. Number two, there'll be records. Heaven is a place of records. And I don't mean 45s and 33 and a half, thirds. I mean, uh, uh, and, and 78s. I mean records. Like all you did. But not all that. Not just that. But there's another record there. There's the Lamb's Book of Life. And there's other record books that'll be at the judgment seat and at the great white throne judgment. There's a lot of, of records in heaven, a lot of record books in heaven. God has a great recording system to preserve every single idle word spoken here on earth. Do you know that? Every thought, every deed, God's got it all. That scares me to death sometimes. I think about it, but then I remember the blood's covering me. Amen? But, you know, we're told, we're told to rejoice because God has all these records. Luke ten twenty, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. God tells us to rejoice that our names written down, and I do. 
Amen. Hebrews twelve twenty three to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. Praise God. Isn't it good to know that your name is up there right now? You know, I, I mean, it's in a book. It's there in heaven, a literal book. God says it's there in a book. And if God says it's there in a book, I believe it's there in a book. And I believe if I were in heaven today, I could take me to the book and flip the page and show me right where my name is. Because I remember when it got wrote down. I remember that night, way back yonder, November the 1st, 1975. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I know my name is there. Pity the poor soul whose face is left blank. You can die from cancer and go to heaven. You can die from COVID and go to heaven. You can die from liver trouble and go to heaven. You can die from kidney trouble. You can die from sugar diabetes, poverty, loneliness, poor health. You can die from... You can die in a car accident. You can die and still, I mean, yeah, living conditions take you out. There's all kinds of things that can take you all out of this world. But I'm going to tell you one thing you can't do. You can't die in sin and go to heaven, that's for sure. Revelation 20:15. whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I know by your testimony in here this morning that you've all trusted Christ as your Savior, but I want you to know there's people listening right there that may not have. There's people listening right here that may not have. What a tragedy to go out into eternity, unsure. I wouldn't give you I wouldn't give you all the money and the riches in the world to have to go out into eternity, unsure. I said there's in heaven there's review, there's records, and thirdly there's rewards. Christ is my inheritance. He is my inheritance. And heaven is my safe deposit box where all my inheritance is kept. Like I said, heaven is a place of rewards. Jesus, speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, he said in Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. (coughs) Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. As this world grows increasingly dark, as this world grows increasingly hostile to Christianity, and it is, I know you may not see it everywhere you look around you, but believe you me, all we have to do is turn on the news, look in the news media. We'll find real quickly that Christians are, are, are marked people in this day and time. They don't, have the, they don't have the power to enforce all these things that they want to yet. They have not unleashed all the fury that they want to against us yet. But believe you me, if it weren't for liberty's teeth, they would have already done it. Believe you me, God is holding all this back. God has us in his hand, sheep in the midst of wolves, accounted for the slaughter. That's what we are. But he said when you go through trials and tribulations, when people can't stand you, when people hate you for Christ's sake, you're putting up reward in heaven. You see, it'd be easy to say, well, I don't want to offend anybody. 
I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I think it's better to get along. There's a lot of people like that. They don't like confrontation. So they'll keep their mouth shut. They'll go along to avoid a confrontation. But believe you me, God's not happy with that when we won't stand up for his word. The Bible tells us over in Jude to earnestly contend for the faith. Y'all know what a contender is? That's somebody who boxes. Right? That's somebody who's willing to fight back. And I'm, I know we're not, we're not to attack anybody. Lord knows we're not to be a, a vicious people. We're to be a humble people. We're to be a loving people. We're to be a giving people. We're to be a kind, compassionate people. But when those attack the Word of God, we are to turn and we are to fight back. In honor of the Word of God. Stand up for our Lord Jesus. Not for ourselves, but we're to fight in, uh, for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. I'll die on that hill. Absolutely. He went on to say in Matthew 6, 20 and 21, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Again, there's our heavenly safe deposit box. There will be rewards for sincerity. There'll be rewards for suffering, and there'll be rewards for service. You start thinking about that, it might get you a little excited that you're building something. I know, I ain't never had a 401k, but I know some. I guess people that do, they get excited when that thing gets a little bigger, or whether their 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 stock portfolio goes up or whatever. I don't have none of that either. Uh, on stocks I ever know, that was the ones they put people in to shame them out in public. That's on stocks I don't know anything about. Never been in none, but I, I know about them. And, and bonds is the one where, where Paul was in when he was in prison. That's only stocks and bonds I know much about. But I, I can tell you this. Listen, when we have to go through trials for Christ, we ought to, we ought to rejoice because, again, we're building that reward account in heaven. And we ought to get excited. I, number four. What else is there in heaven besides review and records and rewards? There's rejoicing. There'll be so much eternal joy in heaven. We'll never get over it. Amen? I've always said this. You know, I never got over my salvation. Got saved a long time ago, but I never got over it. Amen? And I've always told people, you can't get excited about your own salvation. You can't get excited about your own salvation. You get excited about mine. Amen. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that he saved me. The greatest joy that comes to heaven because of souls coming to Christ. Because they know they're coming home. Amen. The Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 15, 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Donnie, when you sat right there with Miss Joanne sitting and you trusted Christ as your Savior, they threw a party in heaven. They rejoiced in heaven. They shouted and, 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 and rejoiced all over heaven over you getting saved. Amen. The same way they did over me back in 1975. The same way they did over every one of us in here that are saved. And everyone that's listening that's saved. They threw a party in heaven over us. Amen. Because we're going to be with them someday. That's one more soul that won't populate hell. It'll be in heaven forever. Said this rejoicing over that one sinner more than over 99 just persons 
which need no repentance. Listen, God gets excited, and heaven gets excited when one more gets added to the roll. And one last thing before we go this morning. What else will there be in heaven? There'll be a reunion. Hallelujah, there'll be a reunion. Over in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David talked about the baby that was conceived with Bathsheba in his sin. And that baby died. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, David makes this statement. He said, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. He said, there's going to be a reunion. I'm going to him. He said, I know. Listen, that little baby, that little baby, that baby didn't know right and wrong. Every, Every baby that dies goes straight to heaven. Every child that's ever been aborted Go straight to heaven. And it's no wonder Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Heaven's filled with children. Like I said, all those little babies are starving in Africa that die in youth. That never that never they don't know right from wrong. They're not eight, they're not old enough to understand it yet. They go to heaven immediately. Jesus promised in the word, Where I am there ye may be also. John fourteen three. Oh, it's going to be a homecoming time. We get to see all our kin folks and friends from childhood uh, on up through our lives that gone on to be with Jesus. Don't you know that's going to be a thrill? Don't you know that's going to be exciting? When we look, it's like, you're here. You're here. We just turn around. Oh, praise God, you're here. And we'll just be hugging and shouting and having, having glory fits all over heaven. I just know we will. I, 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 can, I, I can't see it, but I can, I can sense it in my being, what it's going, a little touch of what it's going to be like. They're going to be there already to meet us. I've heard stories. I, I, I've heard stories of, of people laying on their deathbeds and, and, and looking up and talking about the people that they're seeing. Well, there's Uncle So-and-so, and there's, 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 there's Grandpa, and I mean, they're seeing people from their deathbed. I heard a preacher talking about that, and the, and, and the man was laying there dying, and he said, get behind me and push. I'm almost there. heard all kinds of stories. Dr. Tom Malone, pastor in Pontiac, Michigan for years. Dr. Curtis Hudson and another preacher went in to see him on his deathbed. And these were the words that he told him. He said, we rode our ponies up to the edge of the river last night, but we couldn't find a good enough place to cross. He said, I walked out of there and I thought, what, in, what is he talking about? And he said, I thought about it for a minute. I don't know what he saw, but he was right at the edge of the Jordan, ready to cross over one time yet. I remember my, my stepmother, she lay there for three days, motionless, still. They thought she'd go any time. And she opened her eyes, and she looked up at her children, and she said, and she's referencing my dad, who had already died a year before, and she said, Wayman won't let me in. She said three times that my daddy wouldn't let her in. Now, I know good and well my daddy ain't got that kind of authority. <laughs> but what he, I think what she was saying is he was telling her it ain't time yet. It's not time. Almost. I believe our loved ones are ready to meet us when we go on. They're going to be there to meet us. 
And guess what? We'll, we'll get to meet Moses. We'll get to meet Abraham. We'll get to meet Elijah and David and Paul and Peter and John and Adam and Eve. We'll get to meet them all. Hallelujah. What a, I mean, what a, what a reunion that's going to be. Think about that. Now, they won't just be names on a page anymore. They'll be real. They'll walk, walk up and see David face to face. Man, I read all about you in the Psalms. You all that stuff you wrote, I read about you in in First, Second Samuel. I read about you all through the Bible. My goodness, man! You know what? The Bible says there will know as we're known. You know you're going to know God just like He knows you when you get to heaven. The Bible says that. I can't know Him like that now because I see through a glass darkly. But when I get to heaven, see, I won't have any more imperfections. I'll be perfect, and you will too. And so perfect in Christ's righteousness, we'll stand before the throne of God, and we won't have a bit of shame. We won't have a bit of anything that makes us turn away. We'll know as we're known in heaven's glory. But it'll all be worth it when we see Jesus. I know there's that song in the Heavenly Highway hymnal. He said, I, I, walk, I can't remember the words. But somebody walked through heaven, I saw this one, Paul and Timothy, but I told them, I want to see Jesus, the one who died for me. I can't wait to see my Savior. I can't wait to see the nail prints in his hands, the wound in his side, the nail prints in his feet. Look into those eyes of love that gave his life for mine. I can't wait to look into those eyes. I close with this thought. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Man may go to heaven without wealth. A man may go to heaven without hell. He may go to heaven without fame. He may go to heaven without a name. He may go to heaven without learning. He may go to heaven without earnings. He may go to heaven without culture. He may go to heaven without beauty. He may go to heaven without friends. He may go to heaven without a thousand other things, but he cannot go to heaven without Jesus. And so the only question I have, and I think I know your answer, but I don't know everybody there, and I don't know everybody here. Do you know for sure that when you go, that's where you're going? Because that's really all that truly matters in this world. It doesn't matter how much money you got in your bank account. It doesn't make a difference how many friends you have on social media or in the real world. It makes no difference how much education you've accumulated, how much wealth, how much property. None of those things mean anything. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. And I think I, I, when I think of heaven, that's what I think of, my Lord and my Savior. And I wonder those listening to us today, if they know 100% for sure. I wonder if everybody in here is 100% for sure because that's the only thing that truly matters. Let's stand together. We're going to bow our heads for just a moment. Sister Joanne's coming to the piano. If you are 100% sure, then I would ask you to spend this moment in prayer praying for those who aren't. There may be somebody listening in to us today, and they're not sure if they, if they die, they're going to heaven. 
So I, for their sakes, I want to share the gospel one time, very simple. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross of Calvary, bearing our sin debt. He paid our sin debt. He paid every bit of it. He was buried. Three days later, God raised him from the dead, showing that he was satisfied with the payment. It was done. It was paid forevermore. And all someone must do is come in repentance. And what that simply means is, I realize my way is going to take me to hell, and I don't want to go there. I want salvation. And you turn to Jesus and believe that he died for you. Believe that he paid it all, and he'll save you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to sing a song of invitation. Father in heaven, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, for each and every one under the sound of my voice. Lord, you know everyone. You know every need. You know everything, Father, and you know how... You know how our hearts are heavy. You know we've grieved. Father, there's, there's some comfort that needs to be applied. Lord God, there's some, there's some hurts that need to be healed. Father, there's still people in dire situations that need your touch. They need your grace. They need, Lord, your healing power. Father, there's so many things. Our hearts are, our hearts are hurting and they're full of, of needs. And, Lord, we're thankful that you are the source of our help. You are the one who has the answer for every need. And, Lord God, we pray that you, that you help them, Father. You comfort the hearts of those that have lost their loved ones. And, Lord, you help them to remember what we've looked at today, that, that they've not lost anything. They've just entrusted them to you until the time comes when they join them. The loss we feel is their absence, Lord, but we've not lost a thing. We'll feel the absence of Brother Tony all the rest of our days, Lord, but we know that he's with thee, that he's graduated, that he's where he wanted to be. And, Lord God, we just praise you for his memory, and, Lord, we praise you, Lord, for this church that you've given us. And, Father, we ask that you help us in the days and weeks, months and years to come. As long as you give us down here, Lord, help us to continue to be faithful and to serve you. Lord, to, to, to not back off or back up or, or, or slack off or, Lord, not ever be afraid to defend the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not ever be ashamed to speak in your name. Lord, I pray that you strengthen us, you embolden us, you give us a heart that's tender and full of compassion, and you use us for Christ's honor and glory. Lord, that we may too someday be laying there before people, and they say about us, that was a good man or a good woman because they followed the Lord. Lord, we know only goodness we have is from thee, and we praise you. We ask you to bless each one here today. Bless the invitation now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 209, we're going to sing, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. Amen.
Thank him that he's got us, and his way is perfect. Amen. We're not we're not gonna have service tonight, but we I'm, I'm thinking we'll have it Wednesday night. So if you would I plan on being here Wednesday night and join with us for that. And uh, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.